0: If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well... We need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S P R E A K E R.com. Welcome to The portrait on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, examining the Word of God, the red-letter basics of the Lord, following the example of the Book of Acts Church. We see how they serve the Lord, and we seek to do the same. We dig deeper into Scripture. We don't filter it. We don't water it down. If you want your ears tickled, you're in the wrong place. We're looking for the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created the Porch has been restoring the priesthood of the believers since January of 2000. That world-shaking influence the early church had has been our goal, and we believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls. The Porch is an outreach of OnSolomonsPorch.org, Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit. If you have any questions, you can visit that site or use the contact button. Or just go to Firefall Talk Radio. You can do that there as well, and also you can help support us. We thank each and every one of you that do support us. We ask that you give as the Lord leads and the Word inspires. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site of Firefall Talk Radio. That is the main site. We also do broadcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to all of those listeners. Subscribe to the app. If you don't have it, download it to your smart device. That way you'll get updates on broadcast. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. There is no overwatch the Sunday night show until after the first of the year. I tried to reestablish it, and in the midst of prayer, the Lord reassigned my time to prayer and intercession and the porch. That's it. That's all I'm doing right now. Praise reports and prayer requests. If you don't want to be a part of this and you just want to hear the Bible study, just go past the shofar um, segment and you'll get to the Bible study. But if you want to be a part of a community that cares about each other, and uh, we got together here in Orlando in July, and hopefully we'll do it again next year as the Lord leads. But if you want to be a part of the family, you want to send in praise reports and prayer requests, please do. Start out always by praising the Lord. You don't go into his presence asking for things. You go into his presence with praise and thanksgiving. So I praise him and I am thankful for my home, for my wife, for my son's daughter-in-law, our grandson, our furry kids some of you call him pets, and all the possessions he's given me, not the least of which is my salvation. Because without that, I don't have anything else that I just mentioned. I praise Him for His protection over each and every one of us. He never takes His eyes off of us. I praise Him for the ministry that He allows me to work and to do this and to spend time with Him. I am always amazed at the time I spend with Him and that I know He loves me and I know our relationship. Um, Over 30 years now has been very close, very deep. But it's the God of all creation, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's so amazing. I praise him for the dreams and the visions and all the things he's been sharing, for the healing virtues I believe are still available to each and every one of us. I praise him for the fact that we can praise him. Praise him for everything. No matter what's going on, pick up your head, stop moaning, stop groaning, stop whining, and start winning by praising him. Get through the darkness. Stop allowing the enemy to beat you up. You're a new creation. You are living in prophetic times. That's worth praising him for. I praise him for America. Yeah, it's crazy and a lot of nonsense going on. But the fact that we can do this and do it without fear of reprisal is something worth praising him for. Praise him for the signs and wonders, folks. It's signs. The signs are there. He's getting ready to return. So we need to get ready. I praise him for his favor in our life and for divine revelation. Praise Him that I can pray, that I know Him. I know Him by name, and He knows me. So first of all, I pray for the Middle East. I pray for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. If you saw the news, they're going to go through their third election. I'm praying that whatever the message is that the Lord is trying to get through to them, they receive it so that they can get their act together. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both animal and human. The victims of injustice, oh my goodness, I'm so tired of injustice. I'll be so grateful when he comes back and ends it all, but until then we're going to pray against it. We're going to pray for the victims. We're going to pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. In the the weeks ahead, I'm not sure when, we're going to start talking about that. we start studying the persecution and the martyrdom of the saints I pray against the slaughter of the innocents, as I mentioned before. Nothing drives me to my knees or breaks my heart more than seeing what's going on in the world to so those that we should be protecting. I pray against the religious persecution, the anti-Semitism that's on the rise. If you saw the news in New Jersey, um, to demon demon-possessed people, let's call them what they are, Shot up a Jewish market, and this is happening all over the world. The enemy is ramping up. I don't want to get into my Bible study. Let's just stay right where we are. I'm praying right now. Now listen to me. If you believe, touch and agree with me for divine wholeness, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, for divine health, that your health would be corrected, be healed, be functional, that you can. Walk and not grow weary. You can run and not faint. You can rise up with wings as eagles. I pray for divine protection, that Psalm 91 covering that is available to each and every one of us. I pray for the inspiration, the infilling, the fire of the Holy Spirit to touch us and drive us. I pray each and every day for the remnant to wake up, rise up, answer the call to action. I don't speak to the church. I'm speaking to the remnant. That's who I believe wants to hear what I have to say. And for those that have been called to bless, if you've been blessed, then be a blessing. We need your help. The Porch, Firefall, SRT, the the documentary, The Deep Darkness, we need your help. We need to get things done. We need to get out there, be highly mobile, highly effective, shine the light, and drive back the darkness. So let's prosper in accordance with his word. I pray that the open conduit of his blessings to fund the dreams, the visions, and the mission would happen in Jesus' name. Continued prayer for my spiritual father and mentor, Pastor Shelley. Prayer requests for divine favor and some things that are going on. Quick resolution to the glory of God. And as always, for our lost family members, I pray that they would be saved, healed, and delivered and transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Remember last week, Woody in Central Florida asked for prayer for his father. Well, he gave me a praise report the next morning. He said, I downloaded the podcast this morning from last night and listening. When you were praying for my dad, at that exact time, he was arriving to the rehab center and I was praying in agreement. I wanted to say thanks for the support and that God has this. Stacy in Texas, her prayer request for tonight is unspoken. So please pray for her and her family as the Spirit leads. Kim in Fort Mitchell says, I am okay, alive, and breathing. Well, that's a good place to start, Kim, but you're better than that. You're much, much better than that. Says, I feel grateful for my salvation and my sobriety today. My heart goes out to everyone that doesn't have this relationship with the Lord. And I am praying that they come to the place where they surrender and invite him in. Thankful for my children and everyone I call my family. Thank you, Father, for my husband, friends, my dog Bruno, who feels much better is off to chasing squirrels again. Squirrel! Sorry, I had to do that. And this community. I praise him for all that he provides for my family and I. Please help me through the hypocrisy in this season. I am struggling with staying kind when people approach me with unkindness, working this retail job. Father show me the way. Take my hand and guide me where you want me to go. Protect my children, deliver my son Maurice and London as well as myself and my baby and the baby. She's praying she says father I pray for my friend Stacy and her family. Praying for Rhoda. If you remember we prayed for Rhoda, um, a member of the porch community and a supporter of what we do. Um praying for Rhoda and Pastor Shelley as well as the person meaning Woody's father who was mentioned in the last week's show. I'm praying for his heart to be ready. So that he can let the Lord heal him from alcoholism. Alcoholism. Praying for my pastor Richard and his wife Deb. I guess that's me and my wife Deb, as well as their sons, daughter in laws, grandson, and animals. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Father, provide for every family represented here. Bless us and favor us in Jesus' name. No other name. No other name. But the name of Jesus, the name of Yeshua, no other name. There is no other name. No other name that matters. No other name that can heal us. No other name that can save us. No other name that is above all names. Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the only begotten Son of God. We praise you. We love you. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for loving us. We thank you for considering us. We thank you for allowing us to boldly approach the throne of grace and mercy, saying, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, like your little children, like the children that we are, no matter how old we are, we're your little children. We raise our arms to you the way my grandson does to me. We lock eyes with you. We raise our arms and say, lift us up. Lift us up, Father. Lord, we know what you did, or we think we know, we we sort of understand what you did for us, and we are, without words, thankful, thankful that you did it, thank you that, that you submitted to it, that you allowed it so that we could be reconciled to the Father. We thank you for Rising from the dead, we thank you for rising to sit at the right hand of the Father. We thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit to fill us and to walk with us and encourage us. Holy Spirit, right now, anyone that does not know you as intimately as I will be sharing tonight, I pray that in the midst of this lesson, in the midst of this time together on the porch, you'll catch them off guard. You'll slip past the guards and the locks on their doors, and you'll fill them with you so that they can walk with a new fire and a new fervor. So, Lord, we ask right now that you bless this technology, we clear our minds, we take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah, and we say, Holy Spirit, have your way with us, in Jesus' name, amen. These lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So last week on The Porch, we talked about extreme danger, aspects of extreme danger. Well, tonight we're going to flip it. We're going to talk about ex- being extremely dangerous. I'm going to start out with Peter. Peter became extremely dangerous on the day of Pentecost. After they came out of the upper room, after the fire, after the tongues, after the shaking of the the building and the ground and the people gathering and them thinking they were drunk, and he explains what they're saying, he became dangerous to the religious community. He became dangerous to the spirit of religion. He became dangerous to the kingdom of darkness when he said, starting with, Verse 36 of chapter 2 of Acts. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Yeshua, whom you crucified, both Adonai and Messiah, both Lord and Messiah. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, which is something only the Holy Spirit can do, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, it means their hearts were open, and that day about three thousand souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among them all as anyone had need. In verse 46, highlight it, underline it, put an asterisk next to it. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. That's what an occupying army does. They come together in one accord. They know the mission. They do it with gladness and simplicity of heart. They focus on it. They focus on the Lord. They focus on the Father. He gives them favor, and he adds to the church From 120, they went to 3,000. So in one morning, 3,120 people entered the kingdom. That was the beginning of the military campaign that began on Calvary. But as I said last week, let's not be ignorant to the wiles and the schemes of the devil. Let's understand that the kingdom of darkness is on a parallel march in a parallel mirror kingdom to everything that the kingdom of god does it's inverted it's in, in its intention and its motivation it's at war with us if not more so than we are with it that's what i talked about the paradigm shift that the book of acts church experienced In the upper room, when the fire hit them, and we know a short time later in in 64 AD, the great fire of Rome began the persecution. Well, the persecution was already happening, but it sent it into overdrive. Revival fire has always been met with the fires of persecution, sometimes from outside the church, sometimes from within. And this back and forth continues to this day and will continue until the Lord sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. The Great Commission is dangerous to the kingdom of darkness, and the kingdom of God should be extremely dangerous to the God of this world, his fallen angels, and their demonic offspring. And even though each move of God is countered by the move of Satan, he should be on the defense of not us. And in the midst of all of that, we're praying. We're praying for, some, for a final revival or renewal, however you want to look at it. We are praying for that renewed fire and, and fur nature of the book of Acts Church. We should have that every day. The same Spirit that raised Him from the dead is inside of us. Let's stop seeing the Holy Spirit as an external Old Testament manifestation and start believing, speaking, and living as though He's inside of us. And many people understand that, but what they don't understand or anticipate is a reactionary response by the enemy. Oh, he has fire, too. And sometimes they overlap, sometimes they go back to back, sometimes they take time to manifest. But the one thing I said last week, and I wanna re- it, want to reiterate tonight, ignorance is not an excuse. The enemy doesn't care if you're ignorant, he's going to attack you, enemy. Anyway. Anyway, the enemy doesn't care whether you're top of the food chain, bottom of the food chain. Doesn't You're marked by the blood name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're fair game. A predator is a predator. And when they are as deranged and psychotic as they are, we need to understand. We need to be awake. So we can't excuse spiritual warfare, nor can we become obsessed with it. We're going to talk a little bit about the focus of it tonight. We must have a clear, steady mind and a calm heart. If you get afraid, if you get angry, um, I've seen people in confrontations with with demons get really loud and shout. and, And I know sometimes it's from the fervor, but you know what my attitude is? Demons aren't deaf. I can speak calmly and with authority. And they do what I say. But during times of extreme danger, that paradigm shift that we've been talking about now for many years on the porch. And the activity and violence against the kingdom of God increases. As well as our response to it, both correct and incorrect. It's a reactionary time and you're going to make mistakes. Please forgive yourself now sometimes you get caught off caught off guard sometimes you're just not feeling it you're just you know you're not up to it and the enemy comes in and kicks you one more time than he needed to don't don't get upset with yourself if you mess up just repent figure out why we all do it yeah, i i've had a couple of times the last couple of weeks where I got put into a situation and got squeezed a little bit. And some of that old nature, the frustrations, all the things that were going on manifested. And I had to stop. I had to repent. And I had to be conscious of the fact there's no downtime to the enemy. They don't sleep. There actually is no time in their world. And they will wait to catch you off guard. They'll send somebody your way to catch you off guard. They'll send somebody to cut you off in the parking lot. They'll send somebody to to give you that that stink eye or say something or do anything to hit the buttons that they know are yours. Being honest, mine is disrespect. Don't disrespect me. It's an Italian thing. It's a New York Street thing. But it's just one of those things that you're going to be disrespected in this world. We need to be calm. We need to be clear-minded, calm of heart, and not respond in the flesh. But remember I pointed out Newton's law of physics. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Well, that's a spiritual law as well. Force begets force. Interaction is inevitable. Let me say that again. In this world, interaction between you and the kingdom of darkness in some way, shape, or form is inevitable. That's why you need to be prayed up. That's why you need to be praised up. That's why you really need to keep stock of what's going on and not get caught off guard. No one is exempt. In fact, nothing in the universe is exempt. Action will always equal reaction. So if that's the case, if I have pled my case well enough here, then let's get extremely dangerous to the enemy. We need to stop being spectators We need to stop being victims. We need to put aside the drama. Stop allowing ourselves to be victimized. Stop going along with the enemy. We need to become gate kickers. We need to kick down the gates. You have a lost loved one that's not saved? Stop expecting the Lord to do it. You pray. I mean, get serious about it. One man who was extremely dangerous to the powers of darkness passed away recently. His name is Reinhard Bonnke, passed away here in Orlando on Saturday, December 7th at the age of 79. I followed him. I've read his books. I've uh, read his blogs and followed him on Facebook. For six decades, this German-born evangelist crisscrossed the African continent telling people about the love of Yeshua, the love of Jesus, the Messiah. He became affectionately known as God's general. He spent 69, I mean 60 of his 79 years preaching the gospel. 60 of 79 years preaching the gospel. He often said that his life's mission was to plunder hell and populate heaven. During a 1986 interview on CBN 700 Club, he said, "Jesus did not call us to deliver sermons. He called us to deliver people." And I believe that is what happens at our crusades. I am not decorating prison cells. I'm setting the captives free. Well, at the age of 24, he moved his family to Africa and spent the next seven difficult years as a missionary to the African nation of Lesotho began by doing crusades out of a yellow tent that held 800 people, but quickly outgrew it to a large one and outgrew that to the open-air crusades that he became known for. In 1974, he founded Christ for All Nations, which is headquartered here in Orlando with the goal of reaching Africa with the gospel. He ditched the tent and started crisscrossing the continent with his open-air crusades. And at one such rally in Lagos, Nigeria, Held in 2000, the year 2000, more than 6 million people came out to hear him over a five-day period. And on the last day of that crusade, one million people made a commitment to follow Jesus. During that appearance on the 700 Club, he said, We need the Great Commission, and we have the Holy Spirit. If we have only the Great Commission and only the Holy Spirit, we have power without purpose or purpose without power. It's a package deal. We need this package deal now to reignite the passionate relationship the Book of Acts Church had with the Lord. We don't need more showy entertainment services. We need to show up for a lost and dying world. He was singing our song. Never got to meet him. When I did finally reach out, he was in the midst of uh, the illness that took him. I wish I'd done it sooner, but I didn't. I like that quote We're not decorating prison cells. We're setting the captives free. See, he was dangerous. He was extremely dangerous. He wasn't satisfied with letting people stay in their prison cells and helping them to decorate it up or make it acceptable. He was setting them free. He was breaking the locks. He was opening the doors. That's dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. We need that. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for the financing. That's my prayer for the benefactor. That's my prayer for the porch and firefall and SRT to set the captives free. First John three eight says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The Matthew Henry Commentary, explains that the devil is designed and endeavored to ruin the work of God in this world. Once he fell, everything was about rebellion, destruction of everything his father was involved in. But the Son of God has undertaken a holy war against that. He came into our world, was manifested into our flesh to do what we could not have done, to conquer Satan and destroy his works. Now, sin is going to be with us, but it's being loosened and it's being dissolved more and more until it's destroyed. And this one thing in the Matthew Henry commentary in this little section that I Put into bold letters. Let us not serve or indulge what the Son of God came to destroy. I've been spending a lot of time in prayer, as I said to you, been listening to the Spirit of the Lord, trying to get a um, clear marching orders for 2020 and and things I can't share just yet. But the one thing that keeps coming to mind is we have to stop playing for the other team. We have to stop saying that we are on the side of the kingdom of God, but then do things, think things, or or have things in our life that make us players for the kingdom of darkness. We cannot serve it. We cannot serve the world. We cannot indulge what the Son of God destroyed. That spirit of lawlessness, which has led the world into the habitual practice of sin to the point that you can't turn on the TV, on a movie, on social media, on the Internet without being inundated with it, with the visual confirmation that we are in the onset of the days of Noah, further and further, more depraved, more more demonic, because sin is natural to the fallen world. Sin is natural to the children of the devil who was sin from the beginning. It's, It's supposed to be unnatural to the children of God. I say supposed to be because I've seen evidence of the contrary. So I ask the question, how can we be extremely dangerous to an enemy that we tolerate and support? John 10, starting verse 7, Yeshua said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. The sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. The Amplified of verse 10 of John 10 is, the thief came only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Father, right now, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for Woody's father. I pray that the hold that the thief has upon him to destroy his life is broken and that he would be filled and that he would enjoy his life and he would have an abundant life and that you would fill him and change him in Yeshua's name. See, the book of Acts knew it. They understood it. They had no other choice. They had no other options. There was nothing else for them. They knew that in Him we live and move and have our being. Acts seventeen twenty eight. Went into that in detail at the sea conference. That move is kineo, kinetic like a pool ball hits another pool ball and this reaction happens and it hits other things and you get this flow of action. We are connected to a universe that is flowing in molecules and energy and the Lord holds it together. He's spoken into existence. He holds it together with his vibrational nature by his very essence. And if he would ever to allow it to slow down, which he will, those particles will begin to collide and create nuclear explosive reactions. But right now, He's holding it together in the throne room. See, in him we live and we move and we have our being. The natural life which we live is from him. is supported by him. The comforts, the blessings, uh, everything that's in motion, both natural and supernatural, external and internal, body or mind, are of God, the creator. None of them. None of them exist without his divine providence or without his strength of his very nature. But what happens is the enemy brings in disorder and discord and irregularity and things begin to get corrupted. People become corrupted. They become sinful and therefore they become children of the devil. And if they're not born again, if they're not spirit-filled, if they're not set free, if they're not delivered from that, they can talk all they want about the law. They can talk all they want about religion. They can talk all they want that they believe in Yeshua. But if their life doesn't show it, if the actions and the motions of the heart and the fiber of their mind doesn't show it, they are liars. When we become born again, We transcend the generic nature of the world. We transcend the very generic nature of the universe and become specific, totally and wholly in tune with the kingdom of God. And Yeshua offers us this dynamic, explosive, supernatural life to his body. Knowing that, having said that, Shouldn't that make us extremely dangerous to the enemy? If so, why aren't we? What made the book of Acts Church extremely dangerous? Well, they followed a very basic pattern that we seem to have lost, because it's too simple. It doesn't have any of the show, the smoke and the mirrors, the lights, the sound. It doesn't have any of that. It's too simple. First thing was, they waited on the Lord. Luke 24, before the Lord leaves, he says, Thus it is written, it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, he told them. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In Acts 1, eight, that gets picked up. I think it's a continuation of Luke 24. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So here they are. They come together in unity of purpose, unity of mind, unity of spirit. That's how the whole Acts 2 thing starts. Day of Pentecost fully come. They're all in one accord in one place. And a manifestation and a dispensation of the Holy Spirit with external evidence happens. The sound from heaven, the rushing mighty wind fills the house. The divided tongues as a fire sits upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were given a boldness to preach the gospel. That's what Peter does. He stands up with the eleven, raises his voice, says, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. That's that's pretty bold, Peter. Aren't you the one that ran? Aren't you the one that disavowed him? Yeah, but now I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm different. And I've got something to say. Later on in Acts 4, after Peter and John have been threatened, they come back and and tell everybody what happened, and they begin to pray. Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Yeshua. And when they prayed, that place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. We, we need that boldness right now. We need to stop listening to eggheads that have come out of semin- seminaries, not cemeteries, seminaries that think the gifts died, there is no more healing, there's no more deliverance, there's no more tongue, there's no more signs and wonders, the church age is over, stop, that's nonsense, that's a lie from the devil, I don't have time for you. We need signs and wonders, we need spirit-filled boldness to tell people the truth about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, we need to do it in love, we don't need to do it in condemnation, but we don't need to mince any words either. We need to have the place that we're praying in get shaken. Some of you need to be just be shaken. I'm sorry, I gotta say it. I'm I'm not I'm not ear tickler and I'm not gonna pat you on the back when you don't deserve one or don't need one. What you need right now is some of you need to be shaken. You need to be shaken out of your sleep, you need to be shaken out of your, your lethargy, your spiritual lethargy, you need to be shaken out of this victim mindset and this drama that follows you everywhere you go. And stop being a magnet for the enemy, saying, no more. I'm not going to think like this. I'm not going to live like this. I'm not going to do this. And in the name of Yeshua, I declare and decree that I am set free from this. The other example that they had in the book of Acts Church followed was the conviction of sin. Oh, my gosh, Richard, you can't talk about sin. I just did, and I will continue to do so. We're too busy tickling people's ears and fluffing them up as they head off into the fire. And it's not a holy fire. It's a fire that's going to burn for all of eternity. That's what Peter did. Let the whole house of Israel know assuredly that God made this Yeshua, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah, And when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They came under conviction. The Holy Spirit pierced the hardness of their hearts, and their eyes were open. They realized what they'd done. What shall we do? The next phase was repentance and conversion. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus the Messiah for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they gladly received his word and were baptized. I like that, be saved from this perverse generation. We need some people on the pulpits, on the stages, on the streets, into the cameras. Just look at the church and look at the world and say, be saved from this perverse generation. Stop agreeing with the sin. People are going to do what people are going to do, but it doesn't mean you condone it. It doesn't mean you go along with it. I believe people are looking for someone to tell them the truth in love and be willing to get in— there and fight them free. Some people are so ensnared and the, the enemy's got such a hard grasp on them. They're, they're like that prey that's caught in the mouth of the predator who wants someone or something to set them free. They know that they're about to die and be eaten. That should be the moment we should slip in like David and grab that lion by its beard, open its mouth and take the lamb out whole and say, no more. No, 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 Satan. No, 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 demon. No, no, fallen angel, or whatever you are, wherever you're from? No, not this lamb, not this day. We need to get an agreement. We need to come in one accord. We need to decide whose army we're a part of. You see, when they got filled with the fire and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, the one thing that always struck me was the Holy Spirit had something to say. He's got something to say. And it's not like it's the first time he had worked in the midst of mankind before. We have the creation, we have the Old Testament prophets, we have the ministry of of Yeshua. But this time, he would dwell in normal, everyday people. Not just come upon them momentarily, but permanently indwell them. Isn't that what the Lord promised in John 14? 16 and 17, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another Helper, that he may abide with you forever. Abide is what? Permanent residence. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Church, stop looking for an external manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I get so frustrated. Oh the Holy Spirit showed up this weekend. no the Holy were you there then the Holy Spirit was there. Stop telling me about praise and worship brought the Spirit. No, it riled you up. The Spirit's in you threw some oil on that fire, took that little flame that you've allowed almost to go out and raise it back up again. That's what Pentecost was about the same law that God gave on. Moses that came with thunder and lightning was written on stones now the Holy Spirit with mighty wind and tongues of fire wrote it on their hearts changed them established it this is what it was all about this is this was the plan it wasn't something new it wasn't like God the Father said, hey, you know, I got an idea. Nope, this was planned out from the beginning. Leviticus twenty six eleven and 12. I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. But as long as sin was there, he couldn't do that. But now he can. You can boldly approach the throne room. You can fellowship with your father. You can go to him if you are born again, written in the Lamb's book of life by the blood of his son. We are the temple of God. So how is it we live in a world and we come into agreement with the gods of this world and the idols of this world? We are the temple of the living God. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians six sixteen, and he refers back to Leviticus 26, 11, and 12. That was the purpose of Calvary. That was the purpose of Pentecost. The warfare that began on Calvary to make us extremely dangerous began with the restoration of mankind to the Heavenly Father. And to do that, he needed help. And he's chosen us to help him. That upper room fire, that personal fire, was applied corporately. Did did you see that? Each one got their own fire, but it happened to the 120 at the same time. And it's done to help us to do the work of the kingdom in destroying the works of the devil. He gave us power, poured out. He gave us movement. He gave us action. He gave us ammunition. He gave us weapons. He gave us encouragement. He gave us fuel to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes will be baptized and saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. It's pretty basic. And these signs will follow those who believe in in his name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. We need some of that right now. One of the scriptures I read here a lot on the porch and when I speak to, and I want to get the church to understand John fourteen twelve through 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, do you believe in him? Then this applies to you. The works that I do, says the Lord, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father, talking about the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. When I pray, and and you should too, pray that the prayer that he answers glorifies him. Pray that he gets glorified. Pray that the answer to that prayer moves somebody else. Somebody else sees it, makes them want to No, maybe they're backslidden. Maybe they've never had a miracle or a prayer answered in their life, and suddenly they've seen one. They've been witness to one. He promised he would never leave us or forsake us. He promised that if we would keep his commandments, that this Holy Spirit would abide with us forever. Stop expecting people to understand that. The world can't see it. The world can't receive it. They want to make fun of it. In almost every show or movie I see today that deals with the supernatural or or something, it's always tongues as a mockery, tongues as a demonic thing, tongues as some evidence of the person is crazy or out of nature or out of order, and I'm so tired of it. But I get it. I get it. Fallen world. Influence of the enemy. People really don't know what they don't know. What do you know? Do you know? You remember when Peter and John healed the crippled man at the gate beautiful in Acts 4? Caused a ruckus. They get pulled in front of uh, the rulers, the elders, and the scribes. Annas the high priest, Caiaphas... John and Alexander the families of the high priest, they'd gathered together and they wanted to know one thing. They didn't want to know, they didn't say that the man wasn't healed because they couldn't deny that. He'd been sitting at the gate his whole life, 40 years or so. By what power or by what name have you done this? Huh? You're not excited that this man is healed? You just want to know... What power and name we did it in? You want to know what the dunamis, the spir- miraculous, miraculous, <coughs> abundant, violent, miracle working power that came from the name of Yeshua? The authority, the reputation? That's who. And they didn't back down. Neither should we. And they said, We do not hesitate to declare to you that by the name, the authority of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah of Nazareth, this man was healed. Chiching. Spike the football. They, they knew that they could be whipped. They knew that they could be scourged. They might even be put in jail for an extended period of time. But they did not hesitate to tell the truth. No, there is no salvation in any other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I believe that in this time of prayer and what the Lord's told me to pray about, I'm also to teach. We've got to get the fire back in our, vo- in our bones. Jeremiah the prophet talks about it in verse 9 of chapter 20. He, he was done. He was done being ridiculed. He was done with everything going on I, in his life, in his ministry. I know that feeling. I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name been there. And we moved here to Orlando after everything that happened in Tallahassee and the home church and everything that went on. We got here to Orlando and I just said, you know what, Lord, I love you, but leave me alone. I don't want to do this anymore. Just let me go back to the movie business. I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to teach. I'm not going to do this. That was in May, June, July, about October. He got me to give my testimony on Halloween. And I realized like Jeremiah That his word was in my heart. It was burning like a fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Jeremiah's words, my words too. You're going to have times like that. But you're not going to be able to hold back the fire. The fire of the spirit cannot be held back. It will be propelled from inside of us. And people are dying, literally, to hear it. They're dying to hear somebody who's had a miracle happen in their life. Or to be a part of that miracle, to be astonished by what you say and prophesy. They don't know you're prophesying. But what you tell them you're praying for happen exactly as you told them. Now the Lord is spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is emancipation from bondage. There is freedom, and that makes us extremely dangerous to the kingdom. That was Second Corinthians 3.17. We are extremely, extremely dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Setting the captives free, plundering the strong man, breaking them free from the bondage of this world, Oh, yeah, that makes us dangerous. And the enemy's going to do what it's going to do. It's going to try to stop it. It's going to try to stop the blessing that should come through. And you have to war. You have to pray. You have to hope that the people that have been called to release that blessing will do so. Maybe you need to pray for them. Maybe you need to pray for their finances. You have to do what the Spirit told you to do. But I believe it when he said greater works than these shall you do. I want those greater works. I want you to have those greater works. I want you to never have to call me again for prayer or deliverance or the miraculous because it's going on in your life so much so that you don't even have time to call me. And I'll be praising the Lord and doing a little happy Holy Spirit Snoopy dance, which is a visual in and of itself because that means... That what I'm doing is working. That what he's doing through me is working. What he did through the SEA Conference is working. What he's going to do through the future meetings or the, the the highly mobile nature of getting out there and praying with people and shutting down gateways and portals and plundering the enemy and setting the captives free and showing the world the power of the name of Jesus of Nazareth, King of kings, Lord of lords, of wielding the, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, the living Word of God. Yeah greater works than these in the name of Yeshua, in the authority the delegated authority see the other thing that the book of Acts Church did and I'm probably going to have to pick this up next time because I want to pray is they became people of prayer because the Lord was a man of prayer I can tell you right now about what's going on in your life how much time you pray And I'm not talking about these little shotgun prayers into the heavenlies. I'm talking about setting aside time for him. I'm talking about personal intimacy with him. I know how much you're praying about what's going on in your life. I know how much time you're spending in the word about what's going on in your life. And how much of the enemy is going on in your life. And I don't say that in condemnation. I say that to inspire you. There is a solution to your problem. Him. He emphasized prayer. He made it clear that believing prayer and the prayer of believing was the secret to a faithful, fruitful believer's life. Lord, I just just ask you right now to touch your children. You chose us. We didn't choose you. Just like the disciples, you found them, and you found us. Sometimes in some wild, crazy situations, sometimes we were mostly demon, demonically possessed, living ungodly, sinful lives, and you found us. You rescued us. You saved us. You kept us. You provided for us. You protected us with your angels. You protected us yourself. You came to us in the night. You came to us in dreams and visions. Lord, right now, let your children hear. Let those who have ears to hear, hear. That we are called in these dark days, in these turbulent days, in these days of Noah, to become extremely dangerous to the kingdom of darkness, to become extremely dangerous to the God of this world. So we turn to you right now. We ask you to stir up the fire. Speak into our lives. Show us what we need to do individually, what we need to do corporately. To those that are bound, to those whose minds are racing right now, whose stomachs are churning in the name of Yeshua, be free. And let everything that hinders you, let everything in you that's not of him, leave you right now. I say in the name of Jesus, by the fire, the holy fire of the Spirit of the living God, be purged of those things. Lord, we ask for your angelic protection over each and every one of us that are trying to serve you. So that we can concentrate on you and you alone. Be disentangled from this world and the cares of this world. Help get us out of debt so the enemy has no power over us to drag us back to Egypt. Heal what needs to be healed. Heart, mind, body, soul, spirit, relationships. Let us let go of everything that's not of you. Let us let go of the dross, And be shiny gold. Let go of the garbage in your life. Let go of the things that are holding you back. Let go of the sins that so easily ensnare you. Let go of the thoughts that come into your mind that you know that are not of God, but you've heard them so much they become old friends. They're not your friends. Lord, we want to be extremely dangerous. We want to set the captives free. We want to shine the light into the darkness. We want to be your people, chosen, set aside, peculiar, just like the book of Acts Church was. I'm asking you for this, Lord. I'm standing in the gap for each and every family member that's a part of the porch community and others that might be listening and suddenly desire, hey, I want some of that. I'm praying for you too. I pray that you would hear it. I pray that you would receive it and apply it and live it in the name above all names, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. If you have people that you think need to hear this, share it with them. Start sending these links out. Start saying to people, hey, you might need to listen to this. The time is coming that we need to break free of the constraints, stop being worried about rejection, and we need to start spreading this fire. We'll pick pick this up next time. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.